part of blindsidepods.com. I really have no interest in the music. If I play the music, it's going to get me out of my head and the things I kind of wanted to talk about. So MHB, here, here is the reason, even though you've said it was to save Kirk and keep him alive when he was gone. My vision for this podcast and for the work that we do is have an outlet for the community to talk about Kirk, talk about these issues in our world, because before this happened, there was no avenue for that. The Chad Finns of the world weren't talking about this. Other media reporters were not talking about the stories that got Kirk kicked off the air, and there was nowhere for us to focus except for a peace shooting in Twitter. They still aren't talking about that. This is still a story that is by and large ignored. Dan Kennedy is ignored that. I'm not sure if you saw the email that was released. Uh, somebody screenshotted that, sent it to me. I think the intern uh, posted that. Um, but it's something that, you know, where people are, uh, major outlets are afraid to talk about it um, p- because of ideological reasons. You got that Tom Stackpole character that, that put out, you know, a glowing piece about Murchison. You got Buckley. I mean, Kirk has talked about all these things. But if by you want to hear ignored. all of that stuff that he's talked about, I don't talk about it enough, but we have a YouTube page where it's sort of the history of Kirk that we're compiling. And I put those podcasts that he referred to up there yeah. along with the tribute to his mother. And if you go you back and hear him talk about his family. Yeah. And if you go back and listen to those old podcasts, I think one of the things that um, in that Featherston podcast where, I mean, I guess we can just come out and say it. We had the, the, the audio that Featherston has released to the world. Um, of the original Enough About Me with Kirk uh, that uh, WEI spiked because it was discussing Murchison. I mean, we had that, you know, from from the, the start. And we had... Yeah, we recreated we, it. We recreated it. We did our best to, you know, in, in, in the same vein that, uh, you know, some may say that Kirk's show is scripted, we tried to recreate that podcast because we that was just our service to the fans. Is we wanted to put something out that really embodied what they were missing. Because, I mean, at that time, they put out that half-assed podcast between Kirk and Jerry where they were hand, they were handcuffed they couldn't say what they wanted to say so we tried our best to recreate it um Featherston has since released that you can go back and listen to our interview with Featherston and I think one of the things I thought that was interesting is that Featherston said you know like I, I kind of feel bad I kind of pity the guy which I mean somebody may you know you may say that I said that as well you said that as well um you know, I'm at the point now where I think that if you're crossing certain lines when things become personal and you're going and talking about family um, and you're and again, I'm not saying I know anything. I'm not saying that Kirk has said anything because he hasn't. Um, but, you know, if it's if it's what seems to be hinting towards in the podcast yeah, about the adoption records were... and things like that. I right. mean, like, let's get let's get real here, people. That that is these are some these are some heinous lines to cross, even for somebody that you hate. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to somebody's family? And the other, what's the point of that? And the other thing is that there are enemies, like you know, there are enemies of, of Kirk um, that I don't even think would. I think like Sir a guy like Ratio, right? Who hate who you know is somebody that you know has battled with Kirk for years. At his core, I don't think Ratio would want would be happy if Kirk killed himself. I don't think Ratio wants that. You know, I think that you know, I think that Riccio is somebody that is you know is is using this to he he has a, a notoriety and he's somebody that is. You know, now he's going after, you know, local officials and stuff like that. But I don't think he would want Kirk to actually harm himself. No, Riccio is a less talented, less creative Kelleher who hasn't gone 
who's going farther than than a Kelleher would. Honestly, Riccio he, is a good heel. He would be a great heel if he if he just decided to buy in a little bit more. He'd be a good heel, and I think Kirk has said that to him. Um, is that he'd be a, a great heel for, a character for the show. But, but generally, he's he's a nuisance. He his brain is diseased at this point. There's a lot of drugs that have been going on. But but in the end, he's he's not at that level. Yeah, and and you know, and he'll be there. He'll be at the protests, and I hope that um, you know, I hope that he that there that that goes well tomorrow. Um, you know, I hope that the thing is is that it's going to be interesting to see. Um, if you just go back and compare the original protest that happened um, when Kirk gave the press conference, and you know, I think our, our mutual friend, um, the Mark Moroso impersonator, was there with his purple hair or his, his green hair and the, a pillow tucked under his shirt, looking completely ridiculous. It was fan, fan talking fantastic. You you yelled at me for doxing him. Uh, I mean, well, we, we doxed just, him again. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he was part and parcel. He was he it was myself and him that were going that we, we were we were you know balls deep in the Marty Walsh investigation back in the day. Uh, and Kirk you know got into that the origins of that a little bit for the mincells here the new people that are joining um you know there there's a there's a long and sordid history of marty walsh exploiting uh you know individuals and using his influence to work but anyway it kind of ties in here to oh it the totally does it's people of, of a, a certain political bent and with a contingency that you can bully you can take over you can run things, you can run people's lives, yeah. you can ruin people's lives if you have the right viewpoint, the right friends, and the right amount of money. Now, DEC, awesome. you and you and I, I mean, we have to play by the rules. We we have, you know, we're we're not, you know, high level uh, executive types where, you know, we, we we're beholden to um, to our business model, to our corporate structure, to you know, to our managers, to the directors, to things like that. That we don't have the luxury of being able to wield our influence and power over people. Somebody like Walsh, who is able to do that, whether it comes to campaign finance issues, um, accepting money, you know, using having his girlfriend run his campaign finance firm, using a, compl a compliance group that has all sorts of conflict of interest, hiring people and associating with people that are all have a sordid history of being arrested or in trouble for campaign finance issues. You know, I mean, think about, you know, all that all you need is to Google Marty Walsh girlfriend um, and they've raised what I think what was the number like something like 70 million dollars, 70 million dollars in donations were raised um, to and I, that number may be wrong. It's been a while since I looked at it, but the several millions of dollars were raised by a fundraising group, a campaign fundraising group that employs the girlfriend, the live in girlfriend of Marty Walsh. I mean, if that's not a conflict of interest, I don't know what is. Let's say you've got these facts to the wall you have fact over fact over fact it's yeah. checked it's rechecked mm -hmm. everything is good and you publish this what is going to happen do you think this is going to affect marty walsh no I, I i mean well it depends on who picks up the story and like everything and um i think what was it neil postman that said it's not the medium it's the message or maybe he said the medium is the message but I think that's really what it is, and I think that is Neil Postman who said that that the the medium in which we that that story comes across it dictates everything about the impact of the story. For instance, if you know if we were to publish a story on Marty Walsh and I was to put it on my blog, I think back in the day I wrote a piece on Shirley, and it, it was I was trying I was lampooning the. Um, the Neil, uh, the Luke O'Neill story, where he said his biggest regret in life is that he didn't piss in Billy Crystal's salmon, and um, Bill uh, Crystal, Bill Crystal, whatever you know who I'm two, talking two, about. Two totally different guys. I mean, I don't really care who Bill. I don't even know who Bill Crystal is. He's some politician, I assume. Some bull. No, he's a he's a political writer. He's a wonderful. He's from a neoconservative bent, but he's 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 on the right. 
Well, I'm sorry, Jerry, if you're listening, just ignore that. I absolutely know who Bill Crystal is. Uh, just wanted to make that utterly clear for you, uh, Mr. Callahan. Um, there, sir, uh, new boss, boss man. Um, and uh, no, but he I, and I think I wrote a piece saying my biggest regret in life was not pissing off Shirley enough that she'd block me on Twitter. I hope this column can change that. When when you try, but putting out a column on BlindsidePods.com versus putting out that column in the Boston Globe, in Vice, mm-hmm. in Salon, in the Atlantic totally different the medium is the message so with the walsh thing yeah it it would require if we just put that out and even and this is one of the downfalls of or the pitfalls of barstool or the barstool brand is that the albright thing is a case in point or a case study in this if you try and do some journalistic work people are going to look at you and scoff at you and say you guys are just a bunch of jock jokes and sports shit that's what you guys are including people within barstool sure and they play into that. It's almost like we're playing, you know, it's almost like we're becoming too self-aware. Like it's like the characters in Barstool are becoming too, they're, they're too, they're too in on the joke. Like they're comedians. Like it's, it's the point where, where Dice changed from Andrew Dice Clay to the Dice Man. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's like when you become, when you fully, when the character consumes you, right? When you become the character um, or the character becomes you, you don't become the character. I think that's kind of what, what some of you could say some people at Barstool are like that. And I think that's one of the things that I think is cool about this podcast is we are, we are a little bit more dynamic in our ability to transcend different, uh, whether we're bullshitting about things or exposing things or interviewing things, we can kind of go into that. But yeah, somebody- I got really, I got really down and depressed. On yesterday's Kirk po- Kirk's podcast, and I, I went back. To I couldn't a few tell things. though because you said that you, you enjoyed not having Mike in there. I mean, you're taking a <laughs> shot at our guy. Come on, I'm man, dicking around with him. Yeah, I could tell you were trying to. You, you was, were doing a, you were doing a little KMS quotes action, like you were just yeah. goading goading the muse there. You were trying to get him uh, to, to to lose his shit, which he didn't. He was very reserved about it. Yeah, on the show. he went back and said, "Feed your daughter," and I said, "Fuck your mother." And that was it. <laughs> he stopped at that point. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's this whole issue of power and influence and money. I think is something that is totally central. Like, it's a theme that is rampant through the, what Kirk talks about when he talks about like a culture war situation, where you you have powerful people that buy. And like you, I was talking said earlier about how you and I DEC have to play by the rules. If mm-hmm. you have enough power and influence, and you wield enough influence, and you have enough money, those same rules don't apply to you. Case in point, Howard Stern. Howard right. Stern can get away with saying all sorts of terrible things that even somebody like Kirk, who has you know a lot of money and he's got you know some influence with the you know he's got influence with of the Barstool audience and his own audience that's super fucking loyal and it's the best audience of any audience out there of any con, you know podcast, uh, music, movie, any any audience anywhere, any fan base. It used to be the Stern audience in the '90s. That's really, I mean, but in the Howard had the same problem in the '90s. Yeah, a lot of problems. FCC was after him. Government was after him. He was he was getting thrown off of stations. Yeah, but in the '90s, Stern's problem was that he was dismissed easily, and I think that that is one of the things, and that's why I like how the Minifans are going about this in a a sort of um, mature fashion when it comes to contacting individuals is that they're not using profanity and they're, they're trying to, um, you know, to, to borrow from, to borrow from my gal, M- Michelle Obama. Uh, when they, when they go low, we go high, right? Uh, Jer bear, right? Jerry. Um, I, I'm, I'm super, uh, I, I just want to throw that reference in there for Jerry. I would generally say our group is probably more politically conservative than not. It's not, it's not fully the case, but we probably go from a line of being 
more libertarian of live and let live. And generally, our type of group doesn't rally in the streets. And when we do and when we do protest, we do it with politeness and courtesy with force. We do it being confident, but not like these people who go and take your bike and shut down the interstate. Exactly. This is I mean, this is what you're dealing with when we look at the contrast of people of politely emailing advertise, not even advertisers, but, you know, associates or people on the school boards or things like that. Uh, and just making them aware of an ongoing, relentless campaign of cyber stalking somebody, of mm-hmm. trying to tear somebody down, trying to ruin somebody, ruin somebody's professional career, an ongoing campaign of this, making somebody listen. Are you just aware? And I think it was so telling today in the show when he talked about uh, who? What's the guy? The the, the head of that school? Um, Wharton's is it? Wharton is that his name? Wharton is his name. It's yeah. the Commonwealth School. The Commonwealth School. When he said, "Well, I know your position on trans issues." No, you don't. No, you don't. Kurt's position on transitions, he's for it. He's for it. You got to use your inflection with that. I know your position on trans issues. That's sort of like saying, I know that you're a racist. Yeah. I know you belong with the KKK. Mm -hmm. When it is just the opposite, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. If I'm from a certain political view and I have enough money and I have influence, the truth doesn't matter anymore. It's just the perception of the truth that I have. And Mm -hmm. even though Menahan has been open and pushed back on his co-hosts, the perception now is he's anti-trans, he's anti-LGBTQ, so it must be true. And therefore, he has to be punished. So even if Bob Murchison is stepping over the line and going after family and getting into a cyber cyber stalking position, it's okay because he's going after one of the bad people. The emperor is wearing no clothes. I think that uh, Radio Gunk, our, our good our good pal uh, Monique, has said that a couple times about Howard, where you've you've got just just blissful ignorance. And the, the, that Wharton guy, where you know he's he totally bought in to, to exactly the story, the yarn that that Bob is spinning him. Um, he's bought in. He's hook, line, and sinker. And it's, I mean, he lives in that bubble. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing is that folks that live in this bubble, they become so insular that you you are surrounded. You're you you are you're consumed by an echo chamber of your own ideas and any conflicting ideas. Or anybody that even raises just a, a a joke, or not even a joke, but just just a spirit of questioning. Can we can we ask questions? That becomes tantamount to what treason, offense. That becomes that becomes on the same the same level as hate speech. We're looking at we're, we're, we are we are living in probably the scariest time um, to be uh, somebody that is a free thinker. Now, in fairness, it's both sides. We are at a place where if you don't believe in the extremes of either side, like if you don't believe that a baby as they're coming out of the womb is eligible for reassignment surgery and that we shouldn't say that that's a male or a female at birth, Mm -hmm. you are a hate monger. Correct. If you don't believe in the most extreme version of a cause you're bad. And it could be on the other side as well. We look at the rise of, I know you're one of them, uh, the, uh, the the Proud Boys. I know you have the oh, get, black get shirt. Oh, get the fuck out. And, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think, listen, I think, DC, I think you're talking about Carabas there. And, uh, you know, I think that, that let's not get me confused with Jared Carabas. I know that I'm, you know, exponentially more uh, impressive and talented than him. But no, let's not. You're thinking look, of Carabas, be fair. Let's look at some of these Proud Boys versus Antifa rallies that you have the far left and the far right. And I'm Flashing. looking at both of these yeah. and I'm like, could you guys 
just take out each other and be done with it. And now yeah. I don't have to deal with you. That's that's where we are. Far left, far right. Everything goes through a political prism, even something that could be scientific. You have to believe through your ideology. That's how far we've gone. Yeah. And it's a bad place. And, and you know, I think that there is a there's no room for ad, adult conversations, nuanced disagreement, um, even just having an intellectually open and honest conversation where I, I mean, I genuinely think I got a follow, by the way, from uh, oh, what's her name? The crazy lady that was on Kirk's show that was emailing with Murchison. She's a radio host out of Maine. Cynthia Dill. Cynthia Dill followed me on uh, Twitter, which was just hey, uh, as an aside. I don't know if you heard this. Mm -hmm. She mentioned something about maybe I should be a guest once a month. Yeah. Where does she get that line from? Uh, you know, this is. She had some real inside lingo that went over their heads. Maybe DEC. I like to. She's a DECP one. I, I liked. Does it. Sometimes I think that I am. That, I, that I'm getting a bit too, that my ego is taking the better of me. No. But sometimes, but sometimes I, know. but sometimes I imagine just that there is a dedicated, like, you know, like in like, like the, uh, like, like the independent, like in true detective, there's the cork board and then there's like the pictures of each person and there's like a little bio about them and you know, and they're the AKAs each and there's a thread to each person. Sometimes I think that, that, that somewhere in, you know, Bob's basement, there is a cork board that has the MHB cutout, the DEC cutout, and it's got like all of the information about us, everything that's all known, all public, all public. And there's one for Mike, and there's one for Steve, and there's one for Featherston, and there's one for. And I just, it just is so just disconcerting that somebody would take something as lighthearted and as as un. I love I love Kirk. As something as trivial and unimportant as a sports talk show host back when he's on EEI, and make that his life's work to ruin the person's life and Let's to obsess over it. Let's take a look at the context it. of Dennis and Callahan and later Kirk and Callahan, mostly Dennis and Callahan. You look at the Boston media scene, and this is mostly a very, very liberal. I got into the show because my buddy Chris in Wakefield told me, hey, I moved to this area and there's this show on WEEI. And by the way, they are not liberal. And it was odd to have two morning hosts in lockstep being right wingers because that's really only the, the area of Howie Carr. Hmm. It's unusual to have somebody as far right as these guys. So you have that one bastion of political ideology and I'm sure part of that is somebody like a Murchison steps into this and says, we've got that one one oasis that's got to be shut down. Now I have my window in. They dipped into the transgender issue of which I'm an expert. I'm a known activist. But it's become but it's become bigger than that. Like, I don't think Kirk or Mike or Steve or you or me, like none of us, like if that's what you want to do. I'm your I'm an ally. Go with go with it. That's great. More power to you. I know that's a that's a terrible situation. I can't even begin to imagine what it's like thinking that you live in the wrong body. That fucking sucks. I have my heart goes out to people like that. But people that are confused by that, people that question it, people that have just are are just genuinely interested in learning more about it and are ignorant of it does not make or even people that make discolor off color jokes about it like people like dave Chappelle 
or even the joke that Kirk made, I think, that, that started the whole thing when they're talking about that um, the nude scene and Transparent. Um, the guy, by the way, that ended up being, I think, didn't he end up, the, the, the actor in Transparent, didn't he end up being like a Me Too guy? And he got yeah. kicked off the show. But that's Tambor. That's what the whole joke was. He said that, yeah. you know, can I vomit? Is there an option? You know, something like that. You know, even a disc, even a, even an off-color joke like that, when you can't, when something is so foreign to people, you know, that you can't just instead of instead of trying to like let's 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 educate and talk about it and have an adult conversation and explain why. Listen, I found it offensive. Here's why. You know, this is my perspective on it. These are people you can talk to. Is there something that we can do? Let's come to some resolution instead of just being an adult. And as you much turn as people off when you behave that way, and it has become a way of if you're transgender, you have this angelic glow, and you are better than everybody else. There's well, you're another human being, and I'm, I'm sure people are going to take offense to what I'm going to see. Say, the transgender issue is not the most important issue in society today. It's important for those going through it. And the people going through it should not be bullied. They should not be harassed. They should not be beaten up. It's not the most important issue that we face today. I mean, there are people out there that genuinely, but we're also in a society now, DEC, that every issue that you care about, because we're so individualistic, has to be the most important issue. If you're, if you're Greta Thunberg, climate change has to be the most important issue. And guess what, DEC, if it's not your most important issue to you, you fucking you fucking cishet white male. Guess what? You are a a a climate you are a a climate rapist. That's what you are. And you are despicable. You're the scum of the earth. That's what be, because everybody who has their issue if they genuinely care about it and maybe this is just has to do with the collective psychosis and just how fucked up we all are as a society. Everything that you care about is not does not mean that just because you care about it everybody else has to care about it equally. That is not life. That's not reality. It's just I've changed not the way it my works. view on climate change because Steve Robinson calls me a neoliberal. I've changed my view on climate change because one of my other hobbies is I'm a gardener. I'm a pretty good gardener, and I've been doing it for a long time. And I have seen DC, DC, not growing. To cut, not to cut you off, but um, I'm getting there. But not to cut you off, but uh, we um, that time we ate watermelons in the garden together, and we uh, spat the seeds onto the long August grass where they uh, they 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 swelled and spread into next year's watermelons next year there will be more watermelons do you remember that time i'm grossed out by what you just said (laughs) can you play the car crash um drop here because i think i just car crashed the whole segment i think that was that was in a uh (laughs) that was in you see, that was an unknown 20th century poet. I think I think his name was, uh, I think it was John. He had a very poetic sounding name. I think he was had a poetic name. works. It was Subs and Other Lunchables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. But I'm, I'm, I've changed my view on climate change. I think it is man-made. I have learned a lot about carbon and how it gets brought back into the earth and how it gets out oh, so it's there. all fake you're saying you're saying now right you think it's all no fake? I, I think i think man i think it's a man-made thing i think it is an issue even somebody who believes it's an issue it's not the most important issue facing us right now there are things that are going on in turkey and syria and iraq that are more important than that mm-hmm. and we're talking about some issues 
that are not that important. You think if we still had a Soviet Union and we still had 9,000 ICBMs pointed in our direction that the transgender issue would be the biggest issue we have? I don't think so. We don't have an existential threat right now. So we're looking for things that you can be aggrieved to. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if the biggest existential threat is that you think that, you know, you know 450 years from now, the earth is going to be, you know, in, in the summer, it's going to be 101 degrees versus 100 degrees. I think that, that that's a little bit extreme. And maybe that you can say, oh, blah, 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 the science isn't there. The science backs it up. I don't, I do, like, it's not something that concerns me. I, 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 I don't, I'm not going to be, I'm not, now, I also understand that. My the, difference on climate change is what we do about it. I don't think we have to change just, our society. It just, it, also, it's, it's also distractions. It's, it's, it's distractions because what they do is that they say, here, you, you having a, let, let's just satiate you. You're going to have your plastic straws and your little sippy cups or your rubber straws. God, your, I used the paper straws. Paper straw, it was awful. Your, your sippy cups at Starbucks. But guess what? We're going to let China, that's a parasite economy that inflates their economy, manipulates it, and we're going to let them be the number one polluter in the world. You could, I mean, you could have all. Yeah, we, we could be perfect all day long. Europe could be perfect all day long. And if they continue to be a smokestack, China, China, India, we can't yeah. fix I mean, anything. that doesn't, and, and these are, but this is what, this is the problem. Is but that, then again, is, China's they, in that same category. We can't talk about them. Of course. There's well, look good at good things about look China. Look at it because, well, it's all money. And this is, I think that what yes. rare point DEC, rare great point by Steve Robinson. And you know what Steve Robinson said? Isn't this what woke culture is? You're woke at home, but you you do not apply the same standards abroad. Women's rights, for instance, you look at the Middle East or gay rights, for instance, you look at the Middle East and you look at you know, highly, highly dense Islamic areas and you see that they're, that how women are treated. You see that places under Sharia law, how homosexuals are treated, thrown off of buildings. And you know what? You don't apply the same standard to those countries because those countries are because you know what? There's a hierarchy and there's a there's an oppression Olympics and there's intersectionality and at the top of the intersectionality is you're looking at trans people and Muslim people. That's really what the height of it is. Um, so if I went over to Saudi Arabia and I brought my sign that said something like trans people are people, what would happen to me in about 15 seconds? Um, I don't I mean, I know that the women can drive now. They just have to be covered. You know, they have to wear their, their full body covering, which again, like say what you want about that. But this is, this is, imagine if, Imagine if somebody like Jerry Falwell, religious wacko, right? Like a like a nut job, a crazy person, somebody that you know had really regressive views and you know did some good, but also did a lot of bad. And you was, took a lot of classes for him. Back fuck, in. shut the fuck up. Um, so somebody, imagine if Jerry Falwell was going around and telling women on his campus that they had to wear a covering from the top of their head to the bottom. No, of their it'd feet. be hell to pay. Imagine, imagine the outrage. But this is woke culture. You do not apply the same standard abroad as you do at home. And because this is, it's easy here. There's no consequences for saying those things here. If you were to do it in China, if you were to be woke in the Middle East, you're going to be stoned. When it you're going to be put to death. You're going to be put in a concentration camp. It's easy here because we are tolerant. Yeah, when it comes to actually having things that you know require courage, that's when people fucking puss out that's when you have lebron james that, that that pusses out that's when you have um you know politicians that are unable to take stances on things because they're bought and sold i mean that's really that's really the long and short of it is that you have you know people like elizabeth warren that pretend that they care about climate trains and plastic straws and and and, and making you know regulating your carbon footprint and carbon taxes at the end of the day are they going to do anything about china no they're not are they going to do anything about india no they're not no they're not going to do anything about global warming because that takes an issue off the table and it's something they can't run on. Yeah. If I still have the problems broken, 
then I can still run on it and point my finger at you and say it's your fault. And this is this is to tie this back into Bob. This is this is the cottage industry of feigned uh, oppression. Uh, really, is what this is. Is that ultimately a lot? If if we solved these social issues that people cry about, whether it be solving issues of racial disparity, income inequality, gender inequality, you know, the wage gap, if we actually solve these issues, a lot of these quote unquote thinkers, guess what, DC, they're fucking out of a job because mm-hmm. what use are they? If they're what use are if you're not railing against your cause, what are what? Like think about this way, uh, you know. I'm I'm trying to think of an example uh, uh, of somebody. Can you give me just a, give me an example of a crazy wacko social activist that like all they do is care about um, you know uh, an issue, and they, all they do is rail against it, and they just talk about you know. Give, give me an example. Who's somebody that's like that? Jesse Jackson. Sure. Racism is solved, abolished. There's no there's zero rate. Not no one in America, and this is not some Donald Trump shit. I'm saying that issues of systemic racism, whether it comes to public housing, whether it comes to education, whether it comes to school district zonings, whatever it is, it's all fixed. What are all what 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 more? What what is all? We have a lot of people that don't have that can't write their blogs anymore and their columns and their think pieces. You know what I mean? This is this mm-hmm. is a lot of this is a lot of the issues that I have. What other, if if all you are is what you're fighting against, you don't want it solved because getting it solved means that you lose out on your economy. No, and the, and the path, the lowest, the path of least resistance to get elected and have power is to tell people you're a victim, and this is how I can feed into your victimhood. You can go out and say I'm going to empower you to take care of yourself, but I can't get power that way. It's the lowest. It's and the it's half of least resistance. And it's entirely un-American too. Like the, the 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 wonderful the anomaly of America is that America is not is like the, the the precedent of America is that it's it is not founded on you're a victim or you're an oppressor or, or it's about the state. No. America's about it this is about you and your ability to make something and find your happiness, pursue your happiness, make something of your life, you know, that your individual agency, that's what it's about. So when you have people that are regressive, people like like, you know, Bob or Shirley or whoever the case may be, what they're really trying to tell you is they're trying to say you can't make what you want of this. You can't think the way you want. You can't believe what you want because guess what? What you believe is not part of our tolerant society. It's not part of our high society. Really what it is, it this is what this is what drives me fucking nuts is that these people at their core. I remember I'm a 90s kid. I remember growing up in the 90s and fucking hating hating the conservative Christians and the Republicans cuz you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to ban rap. They, and I, I thought rap was cool. They wanted to ban video games. I thought video games were cool. They wanted to ban movies that that were cert, that were risque and had you know cursing in them or extreme violence. And that shit was cool. And you know what? That sort of same regressive legalistic bullshit is is completely running through and through in everything of that we're dealing with now in our society. It's just totally flipped. Before in the '90s and the 2000s. That was on the the right and the religious folks. Now the religious folks are the ones that are campaigning for free street speech. The right mm-hmm. is the one that's that's trying to imagine the same people in the two thousands that thought that the Chappelle show was evil and wouldn't let their kids watch it are now claiming and praising Dave Chappelle for being this voice of free speech. This it's just it's it's insane. It's a ama- it's amazing how things have flipped so quickly, and where I'm optimistic on this. 
is I've seen so many pendulum swings because remember I'm a boomer. I grew up in the fifties. <laughs> I the the pendulum's gonna swing again where this political correct culture will come out of fashion and there'll be like, you know, the aging hippie that you saw in nineteen eighty two. Out of fashion, out of step. I just want that day to happen sooner rather than later. I'm tired of this. I'm going to plug exhausting. a podcast. It is exhausting. I'm going to plug a podcast. You should listen to this. Wondery does some awesome stuff going into like real crime. I'm listening to the mysterious Mr. Epstein about Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. And if you listen to this, you're going to get pissed off and you're going to stop trusting authority. You're going to start saying leaders that we have all suck and we are under kind of a soft tyranny right now from the people who have money and influence. This guy got nailed time and time again and people would do nothing because this guy knew the right people and he had the right amount of money to pay off. Does it remind you of anybody? Absolutely. I mean, we see this all the time. We see this when it comes to going after people like Featherston, when it comes to going after people like Callahan or Kirk or even, you know, I think we talked about... um, you know the the Mark Orham, right? I mean, I remember mm-hmm. Mark Orham, the 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 the, uh, the inspector heart attack. had a heart attack from the stress of it. I mean, Kirk, Kirk almost killed himself um, over over this the, the 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 stress and anxiety and the anguish of it. And it's like at the end of the day, where where does it stop? If you're gonna, can you, if can you imagine this, that when Kirk is talking about the fact that he almost killed himself, which by the way, I'm I'm convinced the activist knew while he was in McLean, if he's trailing him, if he knows this much about him. And you imagine that knows Kirk's in McLean, he almost killed himself, and he probably had a smile on his face. Can you imagine having that human reaction? Well, here's what I do know for sure is he was I, I know this for a fact. He was continuing to email people while Kirk was in McLean. He was. He absolutely that's was. A, he that's can a sick he continued thing. the campaign. He didn't stop. Um, because at the it, this is no and and just come out and be honest with it. But here's what I don't get. Like, what does he want? He either wants Kirk to kill himself or he wants Kirk to have a breakdown and stop doing the show. Now, clearly, I mean, I'm sure that he that he uh, I'll give the guy some benefit of the doubt. I'm sure that he what he prefers is that Kirk just totally stops doing the show and he's going to make his life miserable. But is that the case if he's digging into personal issues? That's what would he stop? So let me ask you this. I think I don't think it would stop. I don't think he'd stop. No. If the Menahan show goes away tomorrow. This is going to continue in some way. I mean, let's think about think about how how evil you have to be. That that you know, Kirk Kirk's you know one of the one of his more serious podcasts. He talked about you know adopting his daughter, and he he's tearing up. And they played it on his old show on EI, and and they were making fun of him because he was crying on the on the podcast. Yes, Mincells, Kirk Kirk did you know do that um, for the, for the, the Mincells and the in the listeners. Um, Oh, by the way, this is after they were going to adopt another yeah. child and pulled it, and the and the parent pulled it back at the last second. Yeah, think about that. that. Flown think, all the way to yes, the Midwest yes. and had to come back with no child. Yes, I apologize. I forgot about it. yes. And, and you think about that and the emotional toll that takes, and then the joy and relief that it is when you actually, you know, when when you actually get to you know meet your kid for the first time, and that somebody, and again, I don't know if it's him. Kirk didn't specify, but that somebody would have the gall. To do a, I assume it can only be a Freedom of Information Act request for the records of that is just, it's appalling. It's, it's just, I, again, not a lot. I mean, the, you, uh, Mike and I are very similar with this regard. I think you are too. Not a lot offends me. That's offensive. I know that that's your classic yeah. drop too. Can, can you give it to me? Oh, that's offensive. Yeah. I mean, that's your, that's your 
famous drop. Mike, what do you think of what do you think of an activist going after a person's family and and really digging into like family stuff that's really really deep? <laughs> You're very insensitive. And the other thing, sucker. And here's the other thing is that. I honestly think that there are people that are helping him, and maybe I'm being paranoid, but I think that what's her name? What's her? What's give me her name again? That main radio host, that crazy lady. I can never remember her name. Cynthia Dill. Cynthia Dill. I think that the fa- honestly, I think that the fact that she recorded the interview herself is telling. I think in the fact that she respected what Bob said in the second email off the record is telling. I think that there, there's. I it. I would just put it this way, Mena fans. I would just be very cautious of who you trust um, when it comes to people that you're talking to in the Discord, new people on Twitter, because somebody with resources, time, money, somebody that according to, in the opinion of John Featherston, um, if you went back and listened, somebody who hired somebody like Judy Margulies, again, this is this is Featherston's opinion. Featherston believes that Murchison hired somebody to run for town office to make somebody else's life miserable. Um, if somebody has the resources and the time and the ability to do that, just be wary of who you communicate things with online and what you say and the information that you give out, specifically on the Discord or on Twitter. I just think that there is... I mean, wouldn't you say, DEC, that we're not, I'm not being, am I being paranoid or is that a pretty safe bet? Feels paranoid, but it probably is a safe bet nonetheless. It's just, it, you know, the, the, the reality of the situation is that, you know, we're at a point now where I don't see a way forward without one of them stopping. Like, there's no reality where they can both continue to do the same thing, where Kirk can continue to do the show and Bob can continue his campaign. There's no reality where that can continue f- without— Here's it's going to say the reach, part. We're at a boiling point right now. Yeah, because Bob is losing. That's why. But he's, but we're he's, not, he, he's we're getting not sloppy, in, though, and he's getting, but he's getting more desperate. And you know what? People he's like, a cornered animal. That's the The most danger. dangerous. Yes. That's the most dangerous. Because he's in a place where he's not going to take the advertisers away. I, I was prepared on Sunday. I was all fired up. And Dave Cullinane did a good thing. He stopped me from doing the podcast I was going to do where I was going to outline this plan of you've got to do this with Barstool and this. And you've got to send uh, that, that Kelly girl roses so that she's going to help you. Out. That That's stupid. They're doing well when it comes to their advertisers. They're doing just fine and advertisers may leave but it's going to be the exception not the rule and i feel pretty good that nardini has his back so now he's going to have to go below the belt yeah he's going to try and have to get him off the air by making him have a mental breakdown that's it that's really it is if you and, and i think that kirk touched on it today and and he's there maybe it was yesterday but he said, you know, it wears on your psyche thinking that somebody wakes up every day with the sole mission to ruin your life personally, professionally, as LeBron would say, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's a crazy thing. And it's so this is where I'm going to bring in some AA culture. I, sh- I shouldn't. I don't speak for I don't speak for any 12 step group. I speak for me. But there are two steps in there. Steps six and seven where it's about letting go being ready to let go and then letting go. This is around, if I have a resentment, I let it go. If there are things that are in my control or not in my control, like a Bob, 
I can't let that bother me because it's not in my control. Now I have to think about what is in my control. His show. That's what's in his control. What's in control with us is we can buy T-shirts. We can buy Tommy John. We can buy Roman swipes. I know you need it. Why? (laughs) Got to have sex for that. Ah, Good comeback. That's a good one. I like that. Um, Yeah, you're right. And you only have power. You are right. We only have power of what we can control right now. We can control our wallets and our voices. And they can make our voices heard. You can contact people. I would encourage everybody to do it respectfully. Be above board. I don't think that, like, I I honestly think that, I mean, regardless, people are going to spin it that, you know, know, because it's clear the game Murchison's playing when he's quote tweeting people. Um, when he's saying, oh, look at this, like, look, look, can you believe that, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah is, uh, can you believe that, uh, such and such fan, is this really how your fans are? He's quote tweeting some offensive tweets that fans have said, that's just a sloppy way to do it. Nobody, nobody thinks that those people speak for Kirk, for the show, for anybody. I, I have to be an idiot to think that. Um, but you know, I would just encourage everybody to continue to do this above board. With same way when we contacted Mike D and we contacted, <laughs> and I had I had a conversation with Tim Murphy. A lot of people forget this, by the way, as MHB, the guy that doesn't do anything. But I mean, I had a nice long conversation. I know I'm resting on my laurels. Yeah, laurels. That was in May, though. Oh, that was in May. Oh, I'm sorry. That was that was uh, you know five months ago. I'm I'm so sorry. Um, but yes, in five, you know, I did have a nice. Well, you are a sensitive bitch sometimes. Oh man! Why do you allow yourself to get caught up? What do you mean? You're still talking about well, I'm, I'm rusting on my laurels. The fact that's even in your head. Stop thinking about it. I mean, I'm not you even. Are, your buttons are so easy to push. I'm not think. I'm not thinking about any. I mean, I think that we're trying to help here. We're doing our best to to help the podcast. But do you, I mean, do you think that I'm sensitive? Bullshit. Do you think I'm sensitive to EC? Yes, I think you're sensitive. Well, the, I think you get easily pulled in. Do you think that it's an act, or do you think that I'm serious? No, I I, <laughs> I talked to you last week. I could tell that you were all worked up. What do you mean? Did you were my texts saying that I'm going to quit the show? No, did we you, talk. We talk. You? I'm going to quit the show. I don't know if I should believe this. <laughs> you get legitimately worked up, and then you realize it's silly. Oh yeah, that's right. And then I got to circle back and, and then make it make it an act again. But hey, that's fine. We're human beings. You make mistakes. It's it ends up being entertaining. At the end of the day, as long as you don't you... turn around and say, "I'm taking my marbles and I'm going home and I'm never coming back." Well, doesn't that show that I care about the show though? Well, like, would you rather me not care? That's what I like to say to people. Like, oh, it means you're nuts. I'm. How does that? How am I nuts? Like any human being would get upset about that sort of stuff. He was befuddled. Oh, By the way, um. I know that Kirk is, you know, interested in talking to Ziegler. I think Kirk. I know, I'm sure that Kirk, you know, and I know this is a Kel- <laughs> this is this is a this is a Kelleher drop. Uh, so Kirk, I know you're listening, um, but just take a listen back to our Ziegler interview if you can. Remember- no, no, you've been moronic. That's much more depressing. Remember when Ziegler told us that he thinks that Matt Lauer is innocent? You people are so. Du- There's no. He could be. Uh, he could be 100% factually correct with the Sandusky shit. 100%. 100%. Obviously. If if the, the simple fact that he thinks that Matt Lauer is innocent, to me, that cancels everything out. Like, I will never believe. I mean, God, you people are so stupid. I mean, that, it just shows that. So it's not just Sandusky that's innocent, but also Matt Lauer and Michael Jackson. I mean, I'm sorry. The imagination can only stretch so far, John. It's just, let's, let's, let's get real here. Um but 
Anyway, we're off the rails. Right. What do we want to talk about? Murchison? Uh, I, I think we're circling back to the end now where it's let's lift people up because this feels kind of dour. But the positive side is the tank is almost empty with this guy, and that's why he's going to such a dangerous place. So, yeah, you can buy from a sponsor. You can email a sponsor. You know what is a great way to get somebody's attention? And because I'm a boomer, yeah. because my parents came back from the war, uh, you can write a handwritten letter to some of these people. Yeah. Think about the impact of a handwritten letter to the Commonwealth School will be to show that you actually put some effort into this. Yeah, that's true. Anyone can copy and paste an email, but sending something like that shows that you're putting some time and effort into it. Um, that's true. I mean, also, some may say that putting on a mask um, and uh, painting your face uh, and, and putting a hood over your face takes some time and effort. Um, in order if you're excited, feel these nipples. That's right. That's that's right. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little hot dog boy, uh, Mike. Um, yeah, I think he's that, threatening to put out a podcast. By the way, is that out yet? Who, Mike? The, Kelleher. Oh, I I may or may not have buried the hatchet with Kelleher, though. I mean, did Robinson? What did Robinson say about him that got him worked up today? I'm halfway through the podcast. No. Oh. Well, I know that he thinks that Robinson said something about him that could be damaging for the show. Um, I let's just say I don't want to comment on that. It's it's peacetime between Rich and myself. Um, I don't. I, I try to be peaceful with him, but I don't think he's ever going to want to be peaceful with me. I think he's just realizing that Robinson is an opportunist with dark thoughts who will go after anybody if it makes good entertainment. Doesn't make Steve bad. It just is what Steve is. He's going to take his opportunity to find something entertaining. And uh, if that means putting the shiv in you, it's going to happen. Steve's a good producer. I'll give him that. He is. He, he is somebody. Uh, he, when he did the podcast. He's dark, dude. He's, he's a dark guy. He is. But when he did the And he's got all those guns. But when he did the podcast with him and Kirk and no Mike, it was really a different dynamic. Uh, and I thought that was. I, I did think that was an excellent podcast because it. It was one of it reminded me of a more of enough about me with a co-host. Really, it just had a different feel to it, and I love the show. I think the show currently is the best show available anywhere. But it's it's a it's a comedy show more than it's a serious topic driven show. That one felt to me more like a uh, an enough about me topic driven. We're gonna dig it into was an good issue. That it was an hour. It's good, good short, hour. good short. Yes, made it punctual. Oh yeah, good, very good. Yes. I I don't think this is good radio right now. We're doing the. Oh man, I gotta fly out to Hubbock, Texas tomorrow. We gotta get my fucking life straight. This business trip. Um, so how is uh how's everything? How's the family? Well, the fed. Uh, the, the kids, the fed. They're tucked away yeah. in bed. They had their crouton for the evening. Here's the thing. The lampus bread. I'll break the fourth wall for a moment. Okay. Um, the one girl you guys are saying, I don't feed. Gabby. She's the nicest girl. She's the nicest person I've ever met. She, <laughs> in, in Curtis's words, she helps special needs kids. She stays back at recess to play with kids who are too sick or too feeble or too, what, what's the term? Medically, uh, medically fragile is the term they use. Mm. She's the nicest girl in the world. Wow. Having said that, even I laugh at it. <laughs> it's funny. Well, I mean. I, but she is the nicest girl. And I, I tell her, I go, you were on a podcast again today, little girl. <sighs> You would be you would be nice too if you had to say, "Please, sir, may I have some more <laughs> after every meal?" 
She's the only one who eats of my kids. <laughs> yeah. She she will eat different things. The other ones, it's like the gamut runs from A to B. I did, did. Chicken nuggets and that's it. Oh jeez. I like some chicken chicken nuggets. They're always always a good call. Like chicken nuggets. If you're Mike, blind Mike, by the way, who loves there's a trend here. So I tweeted out something and this is hundred percent true. Mike, I love how Mike fucking denied it. This was in the middle of Slobgate. Um where Mike was like, you know, he was clearly not into it. Mike was clearly on the side of the slobs at Barstool. Um, <sighs> and when I did the podcast uh, and Mike and I did the trash talk live when we were actually together, I did show up to his house and strewn and cast all over his coffee table in addition to beers. And he also has like a he also has a, a, um, a living room fridge. He's one of those people, even though the fridge is literally five steps from his living room. He's got a second fridge with, you know, stock with beers. <laughs> um, but all over the coffee table is just uh, chicken nuggets and and cold, <laughs> a child? cold chicken fingers and fries. They were actually delicious seasoned fries. I mean, he's like, oh, you're welcome. Welcome to my leftovers. And I mean, I'm fucking, you know me, I'm HB. I'm going to, I'm just going to just, just. Fat piece That's right. Shit. I, dude, I, dude, I, I went ham on those chicken nuggets, those chicken tenders. It was so, they had some honey mustard to dip it in. I like that. But uh, to be honest, the chick, what the Chick-fil-A sauce is really the best. You got the Chick-fil-A sauce with the. I've f- been there once. Get. Once in my whole life. Are you serious? Years ago. Every yeah. time Kirk has ruined this for me, it's so true. Every time I go, the credit card, the chip reader is so much faster than anywhere else. It's it's totally true. What he said. I don't know what they do. I don't know who their merchant services provider is, but I mean, it, whoever they are, they're they're really good. I'm sure that I can you know can look that look into that. Um, we got to get that at the uh, the the Minifan Show Studios here pretty soon. Um, brought to you by Troll Socks, our great sponsor. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to follow along with that one. I'm worried about. It. I'm worried about troll socks. Why? Well, are they not their purpose? Their purpose was to get Mike to and from the show. I don't think they need that. Uh, not every sponsor is going to be around all the time. Is troll socks put out? They were what special socks? Did you end up ordering those? No. Oh. I'm just I curious. was. I was going to find one to order. I'm just curious what those were. If those were a picture of, you know, a bug-eyed individual, um, those socks. Take a look. I think they're off the market. Well, I, I could always go to Troll Socks like I am right now. Mm. Oh, what's that website again? Trollsocks.com? Troll-socks.myshopify. Uh, what? My spot shopify. Let's try this again. Troll.socks.myshopify.com. Good, Avery. We love the good people at Troll Socks. You know, wear them on your feet, wear them on your hands. You know, scuffle around the floor in them. You can do free, anything free you want. Goddamn advertising. That's right. No one pays us. We love the, we love the good people at Troll Socks. So get trollsocks.com and follow them at what Troll Socks on Twitter. Yes. And also, big thank you to our uh, second sponsor of the day, Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. What did you yes. think of my prank phone call, by the way? You are the only member. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I heard it a little you bit. You are the only member of. What do you mean you heard it a little bit? It was on the show. Yeah, I b- vaguely remember it. Oh, I God. made a call, but it didn't get on the air. You are the only. Th- how does it feel being the only member of the Kirk Minahan universe that hasn't. I mean, Matt Fuller is going to p- make a prank phone call tomorrow when he calls the show. You're the only person left that hasn't made a prank phone call. You want me to play my prank phone call? It's not getting on the air? Yeah, let's hear it. 
25 snaps a game. He'll be fine. Matt's in Hartford on Bennett. Matt, go ahead. Hey, Matt. Matt um, Hi, Matt in Hartford. Hey, yes. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I think you should stay with Michael Bennett. You should stay the course with him. Which person in the I Am Threat are you? Are you Getro Man or are you Sporty R. McKenzie? Which one are you? What? In the I Am Threat on Twitter. On Twitter? I- I'm Mutt yeah. W-E-E-I on Twitter. Come on. You're Sporty R. McKenzie. No, I have some information on there that the six he doesn't report. He doesn't work here anymore. Sporty R. McKenzie has his own podcast now on Barstool. Go call him there. He'll take your phone call or tweet him there. Is that supposed there. to be a prank call? Yeah, I, I mean, think we got one of those on a Saturday. They're not funny. Some of them are good. To be not, fair, not the few I've been involved. Some of them with. are good. The the one to WFAN in New York was very good. Good job, Mike. Okay, if it's the, funny, I'll laugh. That there, I don't even get the reference. That's why I wanted to get right. to the, the bo- stupid on Twitter. I'm easy to find. I have one account on Twitter. Many of you out there have multiple accounts. Oh. I don't do that. I have one account. What are you talking about? Weei. No, it's not fair. And I have Mike Manansky reserved in case and when this station gets rid of me. I don't want Ei in my name anymore. That's backed up there. So I, I that's not true. I have two accounts. I don't know. Uh, I am thread. What was that? I have no idea. I didn't get it. So, so I was, it's not funny. I don't know. We move on. Yes, I spent too much time do. on that, but you did. I want to get to. The, I like to get to the call. If you're going to call in and prank call, let's get to the bottom of it and have it be funny, please. Get I would like to laugh. It. it lacked humor. It did. Which uh, is sort of key in a prank call. Ted is in a car. I'd say it was good, but at least I made an attempt. Where? How? It, that's great. The mut. Honestly, DEC. It's not so much the what, what you say in the prank phone call that I like. It's Mutt's reaction. Like, because, yeah, what you said. It goes was, on for like a minute. You got a rise out of him. And who is that fucking boar that he's with? Who the fuck is that? That's uh, Andy Hart. Oh, uh, more like Andy Shart. You know what I mean? Um, my God. Also, Andy Hart with the, the jab at Kirk's show. Like, seriously. Oh, I, I, heard the, I heard the prank phone calls. I, I, I don't think they're funny. I, I just, you know, I By heard the way, them. he is one of the people in the, in the I am thread. And I just was trying to figure out which person he was. So a little inside here, but, you know, for, for those uh, chosen few. <laughs> what I was talking about. Before, you know, my, of course. My, so the, the, the story goes is that, so we have this Minifan show, the I am thread that, you know, only select few people have access to, um, you know, our, our, you know, podcast Jesus has access to it. You know, Mike, everybody. Um, Mutt is one of them. He is like he's either governed by fear or he's sporty or he's six one seven or he's Uncle D. Mutt is one of like one of these parody accounts that's like one of like the big guys that you know is always retreated by the show. Like Mutt is it's just a common he, fact. That he Mutt had is some information them. that he sent to the six one seven report that we were only talking about in that IM thread. That the only way he would know that or have reference to it is if he was actually in the thread. Correct. So six one seven report reached out to me with that, and so I just picked up the phone and said, "Let me see if I'll just ask Mutt." Did you send that to anybody? That audio. No. This oh, is the, the first audio? time we're yeah, playing Yeah, I sent it? it to Steve. Did he not play it? No, he didn't play it. Are you fucking kidding me? That, that's fucking hilarious. It's great. Mutt's reaction. Cur- mistake. I thought that we get Connecticut off the board because I'm in Connecticut. No. Well, DC, I think it's where the radio show is, not where you are. Potato, potato. <laughs> Jesus. But Mutt's reaction. I think, I think Steve is wrong. I think Kirk... Is gonna if Kirk gets it this far in the podcast, I think he's gonna fucking enjoy that because it's Mutt's reaction. 
it makes it so funny. And then Andy Hart coming out there with like the jab and the dig at Kirk's show and like the oh oh I'm above look I'm above praying. I talk about men that wear spandex and plastic pads on their shoulders and heads. And I talk about how they put balls through goalposts and move them over lines. Yeah, I but, talk about guys who get into a 10-yard zone more than another guy who goes to a 10-yard zone at the other side of the field. But you know what? Your prank phone calls, I don't think they're funny. They're not funny. But I'm funny, and making jokes about how I have irritable bowel syndrome and how I fart in the studio, that's funny. I will tell you that uh, I missed it until just now where Mutt says, I like the WFAN call from Mike. He is so far into the world. It is not even funny. I mean, that, that by the way, that was the sound of a man who doesn't give a shit anymore. No, he does. And I love how he was just freely like, yeah, when EI fires me, I still got, I've got, I've got, you know, Mike Manansky, you know, in reserve. By the way, I, I would encourage you to go out and give my, uh, my, a follow at Mike Manansky. I would also, I would discourage you, highly discourage the Minifans from making Andy Hart's life just miserable on Twitter. I would totally, I think that guys, I don't think that research, you know, that just, you know, calling him an asshole and a humorless dick and a moron and a stooge and a toady and a, and a ball licker and a jock sniffer. I don't, I, I would say that that would be over the line and offensive. I would discourage you from making his life hell on Twitter. I just, I would, I definitely would. Agreed. All right, we done here? Uh, yeah. I think this is enough. This felt cathartic. Yeah, this was a I good think one. This was, uh, I guess, a downer. It wasn't humorous until the very end, and hopefully, Kirk gets to the end where he listens to um, Steve dropping the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. So, Steve, you got to be better. My friend. I thought it sucked, but yeah, it's okay. I hey, think even a bad it's call. It's not is, your is a good call, but I. I just thought how you were like, oh, let's cut the shit. Which one are you? Are you are you are you, you Getro Man? Are you Sporty R. McKenzie? Are you governed by fear? Can Who I, are you? Can I tell Who you a story? <laughs> I had a delay because I was giving my youngest daughter a shower and I had to step away. <laughs> Something about that is the creepiest thing. Oh my god. Why did you say that? Clip that. Steve clip. You're welcome, Steve. Why would you fucking say that on this show? Because it's funny. <laughs> My God. Oh and if they God. talk about it and make fun of me for being a horrible father, it's funny. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is your own. Listen, 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 sweetie. This is your only shower of the week, okay? You get one a week. You got to make it count. Hold on. Daddy's got to make this. I know you got soap in your eyes. Daddy's got to make this prank phone call here, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> There's important things to handle. There's priorities. <laughs> I, I, I listen. It's so listen. Excuse just, me. Listen. Just it's called Johnson and Johnson No Tear Shampoo. Don't <laughs> cry. What's that? The tub is overflowing. Just one second. Daddy's got to tell Mike Manansky that he's in a DM thread. <laughs> Didn't even get to talk to Lucy. It was some schlub. Oh really? Oh, that's a shame. All right. Well, I think that's enough. I think we had a good one. It's a you know, this I feel this just felt like an old. This felt like a an, a classic Minifan show episode, which can only mean that we're about done doing this show. Because when when uh, nah. when Mike and I started saying, "Oh, this felt like a classic trash talk," that's when we stopped nah. doing trash talk. So. No, I think Mike got a little busy, and there were more important things that happened. No, we could we could have done one, uh, you know, Thursday morning before he, you know, or thir- what, yeah, he was he was he didn't have anything to do. It wasn't Thursday morning? Monday morning. He didn't have anything to do Monday morning. Nah. So we could have done one then, Mike. No. Anyway. All right. All right. Sounds good. 
All right, well, we'll yeah. be uh, back next week. Back next week. <laughs> that's funny. That's a that's offensive. <laughs>